Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Time all game. Here's a shot, Julius. He scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns. He shoots. Yes! Talking Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Pick and Pod, Wednesday, October 25th, and the NBA season is here. We've got Chris Persianen, Chaz McAdams, I'm Miles Grossman. We've got Caleb Stein on the board this afternoon. We've also got a packed half hour for you, Chris you and I are very lucky. We're off to cover those Knicks and Nets this evening at Barclays and MSG, respectively. We'll preview that, but let's get into some other stuff first. I mean, Emmanuel quickly and the Knicks did not come to a deal before the 23rd, 6 p.m. deadline. Chris, in my eyes, that was really not much of a possibility. We'll get into that later on, but before... Let's look at night one in the NBA. Already in the books last night, Suns over Dubs, 108-104 in the late game. Lakers fall to defending champs. Denver, 119-107. Chris, discussion-wise, I'm more interested in that Suns game. I mean, Booker, 32-8-6, no Beal. He looked like one of those top five superstars in this league. He was locked in. He hit that early and one on Steph from the short corner. He was He was just rocking and rolling all night, and I think, you know, the Suns don't look now, but they're probably in that championship conversation. They're definitely a contender. When you're able to assemble that kind of talent, the three guys they had at the top, whether it's deserved or not, they're going to be in the contender discussion. You may remember one of those stars recently did a little a little stint, maybe more than a cup of coffee, more like um, a week's worth of coffee in Brooklyn with two big stars, and they were in the contender discussion. Why? Because of those three guys. 15 guys on a roster, three two-way spots, head coach, assistants, but it's three guys that put them in that conversation, Miles. You take a look at Phoenix. Even if Bradley Beal is out, you got to remember that Devin Booker was averaging six to seven assists a game before Phoenix acquired Chris Paul. Point book is not anything new. It's what happened when the team didn't have the talent to justify anything else. Now, you take a look at the position the Suns have gotten themselves into with Beal, Booker, and Durant acquiring Nurkic, and then the depth on the back end being Josh Okoge, Eric Gordon, off-ball guys, right? Booker kind of has to play point guard again with this team. Beal and Booker will share that responsibility. Booker got the full reins last night and absolutely looked stellar. Now, Kevin Durant, I can't say the same. He did not look great. And we got to remember, this is a guy that hasn't made it out of the second round since 2019. This is a guy whose only championships have come next to Steph Curry on the Dynasty Golden State Warriors. And this is someone who a couple years ago had a really unfortunate injury and is getting up there in age. Can we say he's still a top five player? I don't think so. But still, Phoenix, contender, given all the talent they have. Particularly when Beal comes back. I think, you know, I don't know who he's going to be coming off that back injury, but if he's good, these sons are special. Yeah, I mean, totally. I I love Point Book so much, and I think that I totally agree that Kevin Durant, the where, where Kevin Durant's been throughout his entire career, besides, I mean, when he was young in Seattle, it's always been someone else's team. That's the struggle. Even though he's been the best player. Golden State, it was Curry's team. I, I, you can, you can maybe make the argument that he was the guy in Brooklyn, but I, I, I would say he was the guy in both Brooklyn and Oklahoma City. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that was part of the struggle is that Russ, Russ wanted, Russ wanted to be the guy and was taking touches away from KD. At the end, it got a little toxic. 
I think KD has been the guy on his own team several times. I know KD has never won as the guy on his own team. That is, I, my the point I'm making. This is Booker's squad. The guy that's yes. been with the Suns forever. He's amazing. He he truly is. And I, and KD's uh, KD's inefficient night kind of showed that. I, I'm not saying his age is showing. I think maybe Game one, his rust know, is showing. I get it totally. I love Kogi so much. I love Nurk in that squad. Uh, Grayson Allen played terrible, but I still think he is a fantastic and underrated NBA player. On the other side of it, though, I don't know how I feel about this point god, point god backcourt on on mm-hmm. uh, in the Bay Area. Golden, go, the way the what Golden State's doing, obviously, it's going to take some time to 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 mature to to gestate a little bit. Everyone needs to settle down and and get into their rhythm with this offense, and I think it could work. But I don't know how it is going to work. I think Curry's off-ball movement is something that gets praised year in and year out. And I think we are definitely going to see that put to the nth degree, especially when you have a guy that, like Chris Paul complimenting you up top. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. These Warriors are aging. I mean, Steph Curry over the hill. Draymond Green over the hill. Same with Klay Thompson. and No doubt about it, Chris Paul. So it's tough. I mean, Wiggins has to be great. Steph has to be that kind of consistent shooter that we know he can be with that unbelievable ball movement but I'd say they looked like they were a step behind and I say you know they had no Draymond Green but I think when Draymond Green comes back he only adds a little bit of age he, he's still slow I don't know if he is what the Warriors need yeah you gotta look at the fact that Draymond Green was out which is why Chris Paul was in the starting lineup now I believe Chris Paul will do a great job of manning that second unit do I think he wins sixth man of the year maybe not but my question is not whether or not he'll look good in that role. It's more the cost at which it will come. And the reason for that is because Chris Paul is a very cerebral basketball player. We know the way in which he reads the court is top elite grade. The Warriors' read and react offense is less about individual playmaking ability, though, and more about team movement and team off-ball movement and team ball movement. So... For Chris Paul, you know, the cost at which his good play will come is is the offense slowing down a little bit. I still, regardless of this all, love a shout at Jonathan Kuminga for most improved player this season. He looked really good last night, drawing a lot of fouls. He's very physical around the rim. I had him top five in his draft class the year he was selected. And you go look at our, uh, you know, books that, that you know, the, the, major, the major books, the major lines – Plus 3,500 is around where he's at right now for most improved player. I think that's a great spot. I think you bet on guys with his type of athleticism to make leaps in one season to the next. I think long-term he can fill the kind of role for them that Aaron Gordon filled for the Nuggets last year. If you want to look to a recent example, that big, burly, athletic forward that does the dirty work but also has some creativity on the offensive end due to the athleticism and due to just being good at scoring. Mm -hmm. Um, that allows them to be really effective. So I think because of Kuminga, I think because of Peyton the second, hopefully he has better games and, and evens out a little that the Paul sixth man thing works out. Steph is, is going to be great as a starter. I think I think Paul is absolutely what that second unit needs. I think what we saw from Kuminga in preseason shows that he can truly be great when he gets the touches and when he gets the minutes. The The wisdom that Chris Paul is going to impart on Gary Payne the second is going to show him taking absolute leaps defensively. I think we You think Moody too and Kuminga? Moody mm-hmm. too and even even like 
They I think to. I think Dar- Dario Sarge is still in the league for a reason. You know, I think I think he can be. They, they a, like him. I think I think he can be an offensive tool for that for that second unit to play off of Kuminga a little bit. But I think Kuminga and Paul lead the second unit in touches. I think we could be talking about Gary Payton the second as a top ten, top seven perimeter defender in the league by year's end. That, and that's probably why he still you know has a solid role in this league. That two way hypothetical possibility but let's stay on the west coast transition to the to the late game or excuse me the early game lakers they fall to the vending champs in denver 119 106 denver and y'all denver is still denver i mean Jokic just 29 13 and 11 what are those out of bed effortless triple doubles you'll ever see ad 17 points in the first half silent in the second gotta be one of the biggest storylines of the night Jokic gonna Make his name right back into that MVP conversation if he keeps this up. And I don't know if the Lakers are going to make nearly as deep of a run in this year's playoffs. I got one thing on this really quick, and we can talk about these teams and, and their playoff success right after. But in terms of the game last night, I saw once again, first the, I don't know how many consecutive games, Jokic do a better job of guarding Davis than Davis does of guarding Jokic. And one of those guys was my pick this year for Defensive Player of the Year. And I'll tell you right now, it wasn't Nikola Jokic. (laughs) So you take a look at what happened last night, and I think it comes down to this. Anthony Davis, I'm going to – here's you know what? I'll do it like this. I'm going to say – I'm going to make two statements. You guys can connect the dots if you'd like. Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis is always asked to play center but prefers to play power forward due to a presumed lack of affection for the contact down low. Statement A. Statement B, Jokic, despite not being quick on his feet for, you know, good reason, the size that he gives on offense and and also the rim protection that just his size can give, despite that, is such a big body in the paint that if Davis isn't scoring with his jumper, he's really lost once he gets inside. (laughs) Inefficient. But why? I mean, that that Lakers squad as a whole. Okay, I, I was, think I, uh, the, the the contact averseness it has to be unacceptable from a player of his size. Mm-hmm. You're talking about of, AD and of his I, th- I I don't even I don't even know if it's a contact thing. I just don't think he, he likes. Want to play I, I I think I think he likes those offensive. I so so I guess it maybe is contact on the offensive end. I think he loves. I think he wants to be more mobile than he is. Yeah. Him playing, him playing power forward is a selfish move. A thousand percent. It I is, it is AD like looking out for AD. That Ben Simmons mindset where it's like, oh, you put me in the box if you call me a one, right? Like AD's like, oh, you put me in the box if you call me a five, right? Like I can stretch out more than that. You know what I mean? Like that's what his argument would be. He wouldn't say, hey, I'm too weak to play center. Hey, I can't handle the physicality. He'd say, I'm bigger than that. I, I, I have a deeper I, 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 bag. No, he that. wants the defensive help on the, you know what? It's yeah. just, it's soft. Eh, I, I'm I'm unimpressed by it. I think the Lakers have a lot to to square away. I did not feel bullish on them heading into the season. Mm-hmm. I like D'Angelo yeah. Russell to be their most improved player in the regular season this year. I also think he might once again get played off the court in a playoff game if they if they make it to that juncture of the season. Reeves will have a good year. Hachimura mm-hmm. will have a good year. Torian Prince will have a good year. Davis and James will both have, you know, Davis will probably have a great year. James will probably have a decent year. And I just don't think this squad is going to be that good. You know, 43, 44 wins, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm looking at them in a six or seven seed, maybe fifth or seventh seed Mm -hmm. in the Western Conference. They they don't 
moved the needle for me more than uh, dude Minnesota going mm-hmm. on like a, a really good hot streak this season. I can see them finishing with more wins. You take a look at a Denver, a Phoenix, and a Los Angeles Clippers, and there's your five seed. So I, I just you know yeah Golden State. 119-107, the Lakers take that one. And one thing I do want to highlight before we move on from last night, 20 out of KCP. The Denver Nuggets are a great team, but that third option in KCP does not get highlighted enough. I mean, he's got one of the purest strokes in the game. He's he's a true pro's pro. He's done it for so many years. And, you know, he, he he's just he's a veteran that does not get enough love in my eyes for this Denver squad. I totally agree. I think that I think that well, he was like one of the most hated players in the league. He was getting like called out for being a bum, like yeah. no, no more than four years he ago. He can shoot the ball. I think another guy that's going to take an absolute leap, and I'm predicting to be uh, an all star this year, is Aaron Gordon. More than a dunker, you should have that on a Nike shirt, like when Donovan <laughs> Mitchell had the Adidas definition of a rookie. That's got to be his brand, like yeah. the Gerald Green uh, give, giving advice to jo- to John ja Morant uh, a while back, saying. Uh, saying don't do the dunk contest because people will only look at you as a dunker. That's what happened to Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is a fantastic, fantastic three-point shooter. Glue guy. Glue, uh, glue. No, he's not a fantastic three-point shooter. I think, I think he I'll comes put, up I'll, in big I'm moments. Just gonna, I'll I put, think he comes up in big moments. I'll push back on that <laughs> just like that. He's not a fantastic three-point shooter. He's not someone who – let's put it this way. especially when more love as the three option than KCP. Especially when you're playing the Denver Nuggets, you're happy if a possession ends in an Aaron Gordon three. True or false? Mm. I mean, more than more than more than anyone else in the starting five. Yes, but Jamal Murray hasn't made an All Star game in his career. He's a better bet to make his first this year than Aaron Gordon is. True or false? Well, that's clear, no doubt. I mean, okay, so I, that, mean, I, I don't true, think the Nuggets get three All Stars. I mean, I, I I really think I I'm so high on Aaron Gordon. Fantastic mm. three point shooter might just be. <laughs> He's trying to manifest a little bit, but a little I love, yoga. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love his stretching it out. Yeah, yeah. I love his. I love his toolkit, man. I yeah, love the good. way he's made his offense. I don't even know if he's made his offense more dynamic. It's just being able to put in a system that allows I, him I think to he be has dynamic. Because I think he has made his offense a little more dynamic over the course of his career in the sense of, you know, um, let, let, let's do this. Jokic, top of the key, screen from KCP. Jokic comes off it, just swings off to Murray. All right, now Jokic goes over, draws a second defender. Gordon cuts down the gut. And Murray passes it to him on a bounce pass. Gordon, early in his career, is rising up and just trying to slam that thing. Now he's finding KCP coming off the weak side in the corner. He's making the reads out of the short roll or not even in pick and roll, just making reads from a drive and kick perspective that I don't think he was early on in his career. That's the thing that just comes with age. But I would give him that credit. I would say he's made his offense a little more dynamic. And also at Aaron Gordon's size and build, I feel like if he really grows that back, he can be really one of those NBA stars. he's huge. For (laughs) But moving on from last night to New York and looking ahead, first with Emmanuel Quigley. Those Knicks and Emmanuel Quigley could not come to a deal. October 23rd, 6 p.m. was the deadline, so that means he will be a restricted free agent in 2024. And Chris, to me, I don't know if it was ever all that likely if Emmanuel Quigley was going to meet that October 23rd deadline simply for a couple reasons. I was going to say why. Yeah. (laughs) Very interested. So first of all, they signed Dante. Right, They already gave that guy four years, 46 mil. And if you're looking at what he can provide for you off the bench, he's a consistent three-point shooter, three-and-D type of guy. Yes. Not Emmanuel quickly, no doubt, but someone yes. who you can rely on off your bench in a value spot, especially given that you got Brunson on 104 mil, Barrett on 107 mil, and Hart as another piece of the backcourt four years 
81 mil. Now, I know Hart will wrap up a little bit for those other contracts, but that is a heck of a lot of money tied up. Hart is, is going to be a 3-4 for okay. this squad. So especially with the departure of Obi Toppin, the acquisition of Dante DiVincenzo, you're looking at a backup unit of the 1-2 is quickly, comma, DiVincenzo. That's what they're playing. Mm. They're playing backcourt. You know, I think that's how Thibodeau views their position. Yeah. Um, Hart is playing the backup three or the backup four, whatever's needed, right? Randall needs a backup. He can't play 40 or mm-hmm. 48. Barrett, I think, is going to see some minutes as a backup four as well. I think you're going to see lineups that go quickly. Really Div- small. Quickly, DiVincenzo, Grimes, Barrett, Hartenstein, or quickly okay. maybe maybe a, a Brunson, DiVincenzo, Barrett as a one, two, three with Hart and, and Robinson or Hart and Hartenstein, you're going to see Barrett play the, the, the backup three, the backup four. You're going to see Hart play the backup three, the backup four, more so than Barrett because Barrett's the starting yeah. three. But Thibodeau, you know, I asked Thibodeau several times last season about getting Barrett going downhill and, and some initiation touches with the second unit, and he said he always likes to mix it up. He always likes to get RJ different looks. He just wants RJ to focus on the rim instead of shooting. Um, so I think you get a decent shooting season from Barrett this year percentage-wise because he dials mm-hmm. in the attempts per game. Okay. Uh, in regards to the quickly extension, um, now getting circling back to that after addressing you know the Divincenzo on court fit and and that aspect of it, I do get it. I just also think you're in a position as a team that everyone knows is going to make a star trade at some point to have guys locked up on long term deals. That's the point. You extended Assets. Randall to four years. You extended Barrett to four years. You signed Brunson to three years. He's going to turn down that team option in the fourth year because. Who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, he'll go from like twenty-two to forty-five million a year in salary. I think I'd really quickly make that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with quickly is you probably estimate his worth to the Knicks as a team to be about eighteen million per year to. I don't think that he's settling for nineteen and a half that, right? million a year. So nineteen, nineteen in a year 18? puts at seventy-six. Right now, you take a look at quickly's counterparts in his draft class. Vassal, McDaniels, these are guys that just touched 120, 130, 140 in their deals over four or five years. So let's talk about a 20 AAV for quickly over five years. That's five 100. I think quickly would have signed a four 100. I don't think he would have signed a five 100 at all. I I think here's what happened. The Knicks came in and said, you're a restricted free agent next summer. You're coming off the bench. Realistically, the TV deal is happening and the money's going to go up. We're going to make you a solid offer now. We're not going to, you know, poo-poo you with 15 million or 16 million a year. I think they offered several million more a year than that range. And I think quickly looked at it and said, "These guys are getting 120, 130. I'm shorter than them. I have similar production to them. I was drafted later than them. I'm good. I'm not going to get paid that much. I would do 25 a year." And I think the Knicks were maybe more around 20 a year, and that gap per season is enough to where I don't think there's any malcontent seriously between the sides, but I also think quickly side is willing to just see if anyone will pay more than that in restricted free agency. I think part of that is due to an underlying bet that the Knicks will make the same offer next summer. And I think the Knicks are going to be willing to make the same offer next summer. I also think if it comes down to it, if quickly gets offered the 100 million over four years and deserves it after this next season, like unquestionably, the Knicks would not have a problem just matching that deal. So yeah. the key word in your original question was restricted. Mm-hmm. I hear you, but I think the biggest thing for me is right. If he was asking for in that 100 type range, the Knicks weren't even considering that. Think about what they got locked up. And then the other thing is, 
if he's looking back quickly at looking at his class thinking I know what I can do as a two-way player in this league I'm not taking near 18 mil and if I'm the Knicks I'm not giving him anything more than 18 mil given who I got on this roster already Cam Johnson Kyle Kuzma John Collins Brooke Lopez Mike Conley Andrew Wiggins and Fernie Simons all make 24 to 25 million Mm -hmm. a year making 23 million a year deserves that in this league Rozier Clarkson Barrett making 22 million a year Mm -hmm. Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, Draymond Green, Malcolm Brogdon, Dylan Brooks, Terry Rozier. Oh, sorry, I said him already. Um, and making twenty or twenty-one million, you have Keldon Johnson, Bojan Bogdanovic, Jared Allen, DeAndre Hunter, Spencer Dinwiddie, Lonzo Ball, Clint Capella, Miles Turner, what a big Mikal Bridges. Yeah. So I think the Knicks looked at that twenty million a year range and said, "Yeah, Mikal Bridges, Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie, DeAndre Not Hunter, Clint, Miles Turner." We'll give quickly that amount of money. They'll give him that amount of money. I think they looked at the Kyle Kuzma, Cam Johnson, Jalen Brunson, Tyler Hero range as being too much in that 25 to 27. But I think other teams will play. I think other teams are are throwing him that money. Utah? Utah. Orlando? Toronto. Orlando? Toronto. Charlotte. I think, Char- I think Charlotte could play him in the backcourt. Quickly and Ball would be fantastic. Quickly and Ball would be fantastic. Minnesota? Minnesota, if they wanted to... Every, everyone needs a, a two-way player. That if I'm shoot. Minnesota, I would sign and trade Towns for quickly next offseason. Well, is that re- really for like like a full sign and trade? I mean, how much? Like, how much are you? How much are you throwing at quickly then? You get Fournier back. I mean, yeah, and I mean, you yeah, take I like guess. Fournier and someone else back in it. I mean, yeah, I I think there. That's that's why I think. While bird rights are great, and I'm glad that the Knicks, the Knicks should be glad that they have Quickly's. I don't know that they. I I, I think so many teams could use a guy like Quickly mm-hmm. that I don't know if the restricted really matters. Over ten called the Knicks not this off season, but last off season because they thought he might shake loose. Over ten teams called the Knicks. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's gonna have suitors. I think league. the biggest effect of this is that it's just it's a prove it year for a second year player, which could be extremely frustrating. Because if he's not getting necessarily the production in those minutes that he needs to have that prove it year, obviously he's gonna get frustrated. Obviously he's gonna say, Well, this isn't the prove it year I need. The Knicks aren't giving me the opportunity necessary for me to get this deal. Totally, and especially with the signing of DiVincenzo in the offseason, which totally eats into Quickly's minutes. Mm, I don't think so. I, I think, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm Quickly, I would look at it as... I don't think it eats into minutes he was going to get that he now isn't. I, But I think, I think if he was making those leaps, I think having DiVincenzo is like a roadblock in, in, in minutes. If he's, if he's that good, then he'll play. I mean, I don't know about like uh, T- Tibbs has been very hesitant to play to play. Quickly. Yes, he's also given him he gave him more run at the end of last season, and I think some of that came from the front office and analytics department being like, "This guy, you love net rating so much. This guy is the highest net rating on the team every year. He probably needs to touch the court more, um, especially in late game scenarios." And you saw last season there were times where Thibodeau closed with quickly over Grimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many times that happens this season. If quickly has 28 points and in. in Late in the fourth quarter, are you telling Quentin Grimes to get to the table? If, and or if R.J. Barrett has nine points and quickly has twenty-four at the end of a game, are you telling quickly to go hit the bench, or are you playing Brunson quickly, Grimes, and going a little small? But that's obviously Knicks have off options. A great. Yeah, they Knicks do. Are, they don't, they don't have a star, mm-hmm. but I think I think they have star level depth. Yeah, Brunson quickly, McBride, Grimes, Divincenzo. 
Mike Bride. <laughs> He's good. Bro. He's good. Mike Brain said if he played 25 minutes a game, he would I make know. an all-defense I saw that. I saw that. All-defense. All He's a two-way I, I, love, I love his defense. I think he's a one-way one guy. He's a one-way guy on defense. He's, yeah. Here's the thing, and I'll, I'll throw this stat at you to be a nerd, and then we can mm -hmm. move on. In the G League, over some sustained yeah. sample size, definitely McBride shot nine point no, he was good. three yeah. threes per game, and he hit forty eight percent. So yeah. it's not that he can't he make. He was the a shots. great player in Westchester. I will tell. I know that for Love a fact. Westchester. I tell you that. Okay, Celtics in New York tonight. Let's transition now. Those Knicks will have their first opportunity to see what that rotation looks like. It'll be fun. The Celtics. Currently, according to ESPN via Caesars, is, is a four-point road favorite. Minus four are those Celtics in MSG. Chris will be there. Chaz, I want to turn it to you first. You're, you've watched a lot of Celtics basketball in your lifetime. I think that this is going to be a solid start to the year for a together, healthy Celtics team. I love the Celtics so much, and I love these new Celtics even more. I, I think that... I, I don't think I think people, even though it is a totally new look team, they see that Jay, the Jays are still there. They see Brown and Tatum and and they think it's and they think it's like a similar era. I think we have never seen guys that can have the offensive production in on on this squad with with the Jays like Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis. I've talked to Chris before. I think I think Drew's gonna see a lot of time out of the post. I think that I I love I love him down down low offensively and getting getting the wings to move off ball. Um, I think that I think that the way the way that Kristaps Porzingis maybe defensively you want him anchoring your your five spot. I think offensively he can move all around the all around the arc, and the depth also is is something that uh, we we've seen we've seen a lot of guys on this past team. I love Hauser, love Pritchard. I think Pritchard took major leaps uh, in this preseason that we've seen. But the Knicks kind of got us last year in the regular season. Winning the season series two, two out of the one, one of those without Brunson. So this is going to be a very, uh, the Knicks being home dogs, uh, plus, plus three and a half is very, very interesting. For, 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 me, for me to see, looking at last season's record, I think that is just because everyone is so high on this new Celtics team. But but I th I think we'll win and I'm very confident that this season will go well. I think that defensively, the the core, the core is still together. I think everyone takes leaps. I think Tatum is going to put on an MVP campaign. I think it's the time is now, and I think that this Celtics team is going to be raising banner 18 in June. Okay, wow, yeah, <laughs> I'm high. That, I'm high on this that, team. He's high on this team. That started energetic, right? And it started, I think, very reasonable. And then the energy stayed the same, but the reasonable <laughs> just went like right at the end. I mean, we're the favorites. Like, had, I don't, he had I don't a know. Fade out, you know. I just, I think <laughs> how, how if you're game the one, game one preview, you're declaring a championship. I mean, off season. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not predicting. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very confident in their ability to. They are, they are a championship type team. There. I don't think it is. Outlandish to say that this Celtics team could raise a banner at the no, end of the not, year. It's not because they, they are the favorites. But game one, I, I think I think they take it. I think they're tied with with Milwaukee. Denver with Milwaukee, or at least to win the East. Uh, yeah. So they can't be, yeah, whatever. Anyway, you take a look at tonight. You know, you think the Knicks. You know, the Knicks have won their last three meetings in the regular season against Boston, right? So we only played three times, and we won. Um, we won. You won two. Two. All right. So 
Knicks do do well in the regular season against Boston. That means nothing to me. I, I, that's not like a real trend. Yeah. You know, like that's just a new 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 look roster for the Celtics. That's the argument, though. Is the Celtics need a game or two? You know, I'm not saying they'll need weeks, but if they need a game or two more or a week, a single week more to gel, the Knicks are mostly running it back. The argument is that the, the Knicks will will come out strong and and just keep a steady lead from early on. Um, you think talent wise, there's not going to be a comeback in the cards for this New York team tonight, just with Boston's defense and the team defense especially. You got to think Boston wins this one tonight, and that it's a nice start for them, and and they're looking to the regular season. They will probably be the one seed in the Eastern Conference come year's end. Just looking at um, an optimistic view into their their health risk. Uh, but I also think the Knicks will be, you know, close to the top of the conference because of the, the sturdiness they bring, the foundation they bring. I think the Knicks are a known quantity, um, and it's easy to trust known quantities. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you could be anywhere in the country, but you see a restaurant sign you know, and you might just go grab a meal because you know what you're going to get. It's a, it's a, Thibodeau is very much you know what you're going to get. Um, so, you know, that's the argument for the Knicks tonight, I think. An implied spread of minus seven for the Celtics with the Knicks having home advantage um, is probably steep. But I I think the Knicks being at home evens it out a little. And Madison Square Garden is a great environment night one. But the the Celtics are used to that up up at TD. They have a great playoff environment up there as well. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to be there to cover the game. Um, I think think Boston goes and gets the win uh, off the back of Jalen Brown. And I think Kristaps Porzingis typically has poor games at the Garden. I think he'll have a good one tonight. So I'm going to go with Jalen Brown and Kristaps Porzingis to help the Celtics beat the Knicks tonight. Yeah, I think that MSG crowd could certainly be a factor on opening night. But two quick questions for you, Chris. Regarding Emmanuel quickly, right? What point after this whole contract situation, they don't reach the contract deadline, 23rd, 6 p.m., it doesn't work out. When is he going to enter this ball game? And following that, let me hear a projected stat line. When does this man sub it? Six, this is a first quarter sub. Six minutes left, five minutes left in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, something like 15 points, th- four rebounds, four assists. I think he has a solid game off the bench. Again, I do think the Knicks lose. I do think both teams have great defenses, so I'm not expecting a high-scoring game from anyone. Mm-hmm. But 13 to 15 points for quickly, a couple three-pointers, a couple assists, a couple rebounds, a few okay. rebounds, few assists. Just one of those all-around games from him where, you know, he's really trying to stay even-keeled and not, you know, try to go crazy through amidst the contract talks. He did really well last season of playing well through really heavy, really aggressive trade rumors. So this is not something that concerns me with with him off the court or on the court. I'm excited to see because I I don't know what kind of usage. I mean, maybe I'm just being cynical. Maybe I'm being too skeptical. But I think that these contract situations do affect usage. And if, you know, they're not Thibodeau. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't care. Th- think about think Tim- about Thibodeau th- doesn't. I mean, care. think about all the drama with Jimmy in Minnesota, and he was still he was still uh, he was still grinding yeah. out grinding out minutes there. But I I I, re- I don't know. If, I mean, I think that I think that the Celtics, I think the Celtics own Philly, and I don't I don't think we we see Milwaukee enough to. I mean, we see him a lot in the playoffs, and they they got us in uh, 2019, I believe. But I think that uh, that the Knicks. B- before the Heat are our second, for me at least personally, maybe it's because being a Celtics fan in the Bronx is probably just as fun as being a normal human on a bed of nails. I think that they're our second biggest rival 
in the in the conference, thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this is going to be a good game, a close game. All right, let's transition now to the late game in New York, seven thirty p.m. at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. The Cleveland Cavaliers will be without Jarrett Allen as they face those Brooklyn Nets. Cleveland two and a half point favorites on the road. Darius Garland, I believe, day to day. Jarrett Allen out. I think those two injuries are certainly a factor for these oh, Nets. Yeah. I mean, down low, no Jarrett Allen. It could be a Claxton field day. A couple ways to look at that matchup. I know you're not high on Claxton. I'm I, high on I Claxton. I like Claxton. <laughs> I just think Mobley's still there. Yes. So, True enough. Field day, again, maybe yeah. a stretch. Yeah. Maybe a stretch. Um, but, no, those are definitely impactful losses for Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell can kind of do a little of what Garland does for the team. Mobley can kind of do a little of what Allen does for the team. But the strength of the team is having both and having both. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously big losses. And then Ben Simmons will also make his return. He's a starter. Uh, I think this is the most interesting conversation tonight outside of the Nets rotation about how they handle that. You know, how many deep do they go? They got a lot of options. JV is sometimes a guy who's just going to give you eight deep consistently. That would frustrate a lot of Nets fans, leaving a lot of talent outside of it. But yet again, very possible. But let's start with the Ben Simmons talk. I mean, this is a moment that we haven't seen from Ben Simmons in quite a while. And for the longest time, Ben Simmons, to me, represented basically everything that was wrong with modern basketball this spoiled, overpaid, yet to win, kind of abused the mental health excuse during the contract holdout, didn't seem genuine, kind of, and that really puts a sour taste on our mouth. I mean, he really does represent every problem we have in the modern NBA, kind of that no urge to prove himself to anyone while he just collects the money, but I think this year is genuinely a turning point for the guy. I think that he actually wants it for the first time in his career, he wants to prove that he's physically back. He wants to. He has kind of that oomph in him where he, he has that urge to prove his spot in this league. You know, I, for a while, exactly, he wasn't my guy. I think his attitude has genuinely changed. I could be fooled, but I think this is a new look Ben Simmons. I'm going to fade that. I will say that he's going to be a helpful rotation player. I I, I will say that. He will look fine as a starter for the Nets. He will not make or break games for them. I think he'll just be fine. Um, that's not what they pay him for, though. And so that that's the aspect here that you got to look at. Someone who was top 15 on offense in the NBA at one point, someone who was top 15 defensively in the NBA at one point, I want to say he was a top 15 player like for one or two seasons in his career, not someone you bet on. You know what I mean. He turned in a top 15 season uh, on both ends of the court. So – that that's the issue is that that that's the standard that he set for himself the inability refusal lack of interest in mm-hmm. uh meeting that standard or coming close to it again is not someone i'm ever going to be comfortable placing a hypothetical chip on not someone i'm ever going to be comfortable betting on or putting my reputation on the line for i'll see it when i i'll believe it when i see it with him you know i'm not looking for if it, if it's a triple double back in game one, it's gonna be because it's ten ten and ten, right? It's not like I I think I ten think ten and ten is beautiful. It's great ten ten. I think I think that's where we're at though. I think that's where we're at. Yeah, I hear that. And, and Chaz, I mean, he's someone who you know when it comes to culture, that's kind of the problem for me. And, and I think that is genuinely, like I said, I could be being fooled. But you know, after that preseason game, I don't know if you saw it. They beat Miami in the pre the final game of the preseason. He was asked about the physicality of the game. He says. 
you know, I'm, I want to show guys I'm back. I want to send a couple guys to the floor and, and really show them I'm back. That's an attitude we've never seen out of Ben Simmons. Totally. I think that uh, another great thing is a lot of his teammates were pretty high on him because uh, there was a, obviously a lot of media questions around him this offseason, this summer. I'm such a huge Ben Simmons guy, man. He His upside to me is defensive player of the year like caliber. His his uh his build mm-hmm. his his defensive skill the, the way he switches off screens the way he's able to blow up screens cuz he's huge playing around the perimeter and being able to transition down low transition defense is is always there for him he's so athletic mm-hmm. offensively he just has to i just i miss summer league Ben Simmons so much that <laughs> rookie year just like taking those 15 foot turnaround jumpers mm-hmm. we saw a little bit of that in preseason he needs he needs a half court he needs a half court flow he needs a he needs to find his role in this new look I think with with Mikhail having so I think so many touches this year because we saw his boom after the Kevin Durant trade he's he's gonna find his flow I I want them to to try him again at the one ever since the shake Milton experiment happened and the sixers slid him down to the floor way back when he hasn't uh he hasn't really gone back to that natural point guard flow where I think he excels so much. I am. I'm very. Th- th- again, this is biased because if this was any other player, or not any other player, but th- if this was a player that I didn't already have feelings on, I'd probably be in the same boat as Chris. But I am a huge Ben Simmons guy, and I, I'm I used to be by a that. huge Ben Simmons guy. And w- I'm just not jaded. I was, I'm a I was Cel- scorned. I'm, I'm a Cel- I'm a Celtics fan. I, I, I don't scorned. have the jaded. I, I don't scorned. have the jaded New York, uh, New York mentality there. And Chris, one of my scorned. favorite things I've ever heard you say is 51 percent of defense is wanting. Right, oh, more yeah. than half the job is effort, and if Just Ben a bit Simmons more. is actually bringing that effort night in and night out, he has the talent. He's got the size. He's got the length. He has everything physical. If he has that effort on defense consistently, this is an all defense Ben Simmons. I genuinely believe that. But that will right. do it. Yeah. Final. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I know the rap was. I, I smelt it. If Dennis but I Smith, saw it. Like if oh, Dennis yeah. Smith Jr. <laughs> Ends this season as a mm-hmm. better defender than Ben Simmons. You owe me like a nice lunch, dude. If that, dude, if that happens, that's, that's I will a, shave. You said all defense. Yeah, so but now, okay, now sure. you got Dennis Smith Jr. might not get the time. That's, that's his. That's his upside. <laughs> not even his full upside. That's like he. That's like his boomer bust is like he goes one percent. I, I, he's he has he has. No, I don't. It's not even intangibles. What is it? Like the build. He has the tools. Like he has the there defensive you know. tools there. there. Totally. But he needs that 51%. I agree with Chris. Half the battle's wanting it. Julius Randle. So Ben Simmons and those Brooklyn Nets will get underway. 7.30 p.m. from Barkley Center. They host those Cleveland Cavaliers. On the other side, for Chris's Knicks, he'll be out at MSG. Those Boston Celtics are in town. 7 p.m. I'm pretty sure that's going to be Mike Breen on the call at ESPN. I'd assume so. It's those Knicks. But that will do it for this edition of Pick and Pod. Miles Grossman, Shaz McAdams, as always, this is a production of WFUV Sports.